If everyone could just give a clap offering to the Lord. God is good. I'm going to take this off because it's these spotlights are so hot. One sec. <laughs> Can we erase that from the recording, please? Uh, can you give me back those pages I signed? <laughs> uh, so today's message <laughs> today's message is called A Foundation for Spiritual Disciplines. A Foundation for Spiritual Disciplines. And so Pastor Jared asked me to write a series, and I was kind of intimidated because a series is a lot. It's a couple weeks of a certain subject, and to really bring a subject and make it compact, simplified, and understanding so that you can apply a life is just, it's hard to do, right? And so I asked Jesus, I said, what, what do you want for your people? And I felt as though the Lord said, I want your people to be less of a hearer and more of a doer of the word. And I said, okay, Jesus, well, well how do I do that? How do I, how do I get my people to go from hearing the word but also doing the word? And I remembered that um, throughout the last couple of weeks, people were asking me, well, Pastor, how do you fast? Or, Pastor, how do you pray? Or, Pastor, how do I serve? And I realized that a light bulb went off in my spirit and it was like, okay, I should teach on spiritual disciplines. And what I realized is that what I assume everyone knows and what everyone should know how to do, I realized that a lot of people don't know how to do it, and a lot of people don't know what spiritual disciplines is. And so I want to say I'm sorry, I apologize, and I'm sorry for my ignorance, but in these next couple weeks, I'm going to fix that, and I'm going to teach you about spiritual disciplines and how to apply it to your own life. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to take what I learned from the last four years of being in college and being in a lot of debt, a lot, a lot of debt, and I'm going to give it to you for free. Does that sound good? Amen. I'm going to give it to you for free. Everything that I learned in four years about spiritual disciplines, I'm going to give it to you for free. And so the purpose of this message is to create a foundation which will start us off into our new series, Spiritual Disciplines for an Imperfect Life. And the reason why I called it that is because no one's perfect, so this applies to everyone. And so some things I want you to know before I continue forward with this series is this is going to be less of a preaching series and more of a teaching series. And so maybe you guys are like, Aiden, stick to the preaching. You're better at that. Too bad. <laughs> I'm going to be teaching for the next couple weeks. And the reason why I'm doing this is I believe that it's important to explain the urgency of doing the spiritual disciplines, but I also want to teach you practically how to do it every single day of your life. And so the goal here is that through this series, you will begin to imitate a life like Jesus or grow deeper in it. And so whether you're at the starting line, whether you haven't even crossed the line, or whether you're deep into the race, this will apply to you. And so with this, I encourage you to imagine you are in a classroom. You guys are the students. I'm the teacher for the next couple weeks. And 
good thing is there's no final, and you all pass. Um, bad thing is that I have to trust you to apply what I teach you to your life. And so can I trust you with that? Can I trust you with that? Yeah? And so today is what you would call in school syllabus day. Everyone hates it. because Well, everyone likes it, hates it, because it's boring. Uh, people... Um, kind of just play around during that day. On the, it's, so essentially, I'll explain it because I had someone ask me during service last week, uh, last service. And so what a syllabus is, is that it's basically what you need for the class, um, what you need to be prepared for, what are the tests that I'm going to give you. I'm not going to give you any tests during this series, but that is what a syllabus is. And so it's the very foundation. I promise this isn't going to be boring, though, and that it's going to be just a foundation for the spiritual disciplines so that we can continue forward in this series and you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. Sound good? And so this first section is how to prepare for the series. You have to be willing to learn. And so in Proverbs 19, 20 through 29, it says, If you listen to advice and are willing to learn, you will become wise. And so I remember growing up as a pastor's kid, I learned about David, I learned about Noah, I learned a lot about the Bible. And so I assumed that when I went to college to learn about the Bible, that I would know everything already. And what I failed at in that is that I didn't. There's a lot, there's so much more that I didn't know. And what I realized is that a lot of people in my class knew a lot more. There was kids quoting Greek and Hebrew during class. And I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And so what I want you to do is I want you to be willing to learn. Because when you switch your mind from a mindset of, of I'm just going to receive to I'm going to learn and apply, already you're setting up your mind to learn more than if you weren't. And that's important in this series is, is discipline requires you to know what it is, but also to apply it. And number two is prepare yourself for change. In Ephesians 4, through 24, it says, Put off the old self and put on the new self found in Christ. The old self is corrupted by deceitful desires, and the new self is created to be like God in righteousness and holiness. And so let's imagine before you go on a 5K race or a diet change, um, when I was working at a pokey shop, which is essentially sushi in a bowl, that's what it is, uh, keto was a big thing. Keto sucks. I just got to say that. Uh, people would come in and said, I, don't, I can't have anything red. Like it wasn't for a specific reason. It was I can't have red. And um, it's just a crazy diet. Um, also, along with that, prepare your... Uh, imagine you're preparing for a new job, right? Uh, you have to prepare yourself for a change in your life. And so when you get a job, like I was a Pizza Hut delivery driver at some point, I had to prepare myself for that change. I have to be ready by 5 to be working till like 2 a.m. Um, and I had to prepare myself. And by doing that, by preparing myself for a change, the change was easier to apply to my life than if I weren't prepared. Make sense? And so prepare yourself now. Prepare your mind for a change in your lifestyle, a change in your life. It might make you feel uncomfortable because you have to change certain things. But trust me, it's important to your life. It's important in your walk with Jesus or the walk that you will have 
with Jesus eventually, hopefully. And so I remember that um, I had went to Crow Fair, and um, I have a friend that's Crow. His name is Merville, and um, he has his family had his own teepee, so he let me stay in his teepee with him, and it, it just happened to rain all over us. <laughs> it's still awesome. It was an awesome experience, but it was cold. It was raining. It was all the things. And the next day was something called the teepee run, right? I, I think that's what it's called. Anyone crow here? No? Okay. Crow. Is it called the teepee run? I think it is, right? Okay. Yeah. So it was that race, and it was the very next day. No one told me that it was the next day. No one. And so I was with these guys called One Heart Warriors, and what they do is they are trained as native young people to be leaders within their own community through Jesus. And what they do is they eat super healthy. And so if something has more than three ingredients, they don't eat it. And then on top of that, they work out every single day. At that time, I, work out, I did not work out at all. Um, I did not eat healthy. My diet was Reese's Pieces and Snickers is probably what my diet was. And so you can imagine... The day before, I'm in the teepee, I get rained on, I'm kind of uncomfortable, I don't have an extra change of clothes, so I'm wet. Now I'm having to do uh, this run that's, I think, five miles. And so my friends are about to do it, and they're like, you want to do it? And I'm like, no, I didn't train for it. Like, I'm, I'm going to do, hor- I might die, I might die. And so I remember they kept pushing me and pushing me. I was like, all right, I'll do it. And so it was raining during, during the whole race. And I was wearing a sweater. And, you know, when you prepare for a race, you have to know what to wear. And so I wore a sweater. It got soaked. And what does that do? That adds like an extra five, seven pounds, right? And so I'm running. And at some point, I literally feel like I'm going to die. Like my heart is racing. I can't catch my breath. These are all things that a racer knows to do, uh, how to breathe, how to even step. Um, I didn't know how to do it. Um, and by the end of it, I, I did finish it. Um, but how did I finish it without training? I, I trained my mindset for change, right? I knew that this race was going to suck because I didn't train for it. But I also knew that I needed to reach the finish line. And so for this series, you have to have it in your mind that you, you're trying to reach this finish line which is to imitate Christ. This is the finish line. And so this race that was horrible and all these things, because I changed my mindset for this change, I prepared my mind for this race, I was able to finish it. I want you to prepare your mind for change because when you apply these disciplines, it's going to mess up your daily routines. You're going to have to reorganize re, uh, everything. Number three is have a right heart, heart posture. Sorry, In Luke 6.45, it says, A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And so having a right heart posture, what does that mean? It means coming into church with the right heart. Uh, you come in, if you come in church with bitterness, what's going to come out of it? Probably bitterness. If you come in with anger, the only thing you're going to see is what? Anger, right? It's hard to get anything out of church if your heart is not in the right place first. 
So throughout these next couple weeks and for your your entirety of coming to church, (laughs) have the right heart. Have the right heart. I remember growing up, there's two types of preachers. Preachers that preach off of their talent and preachers that preach out of their authentic and actually their love of Jesus, right? And so nothing against Faith Chapel, but there was this middle school camp that I went to, and it was an invited preacher, and this preacher was sitting the whole time, which I have nothing against, but he was sitting the whole time. He was like in his 30s, so I knew it wasn't because he couldn't stand. Uh, Along with that, he kept saying that he had this amazing testimony, but he never gave it to us. And so he kept saying, I have this amazing testimony of how the Lord delivered me, but I won't get into that today. It was like, what? What are you talking about? This, <laughs> this is a camp with youth. Like, this is the place to say it. And continually, there was just this, this spiritual pride in him where it was just like, there was no connection. And you see, there's a difference between preaching out of your talent and preaching out of your love for Jesus. I could preach off my talent every single week, but doesn't mean that you're going to get anything out of it, right? It might sound good, but it won't make you live good. There's a difference between that. And I remember this other pastor, his pastor, this pastor's name was Pastor Bojea. He was a Brazilian pastor. And I mean, he had, (laughs) this sounds weird, but a voice like Denzel Washington, you know, like that deep, nice voice. And so he spoke Spanish, and so he would say, like, Dios te bendiga. And it was like, like slow, and he would do it in like small cuts, and so it just always sounds super nice. But the, the thing that I loved about this pastor, he, he was the, dis, the guy that discipled my dad, um, is every time he spoke, it was like the peace of God would just overflow. It was like God's presence was always felt. Now, why was that? What was the difference between the preacher at the camp and the, this preacher was that this preacher spent time with Jesus, and out of his time of spending time with Jesus is what he preached out. This guy has been fasting on Tuesday for the last 15 years. Everything. Water, food, everything. For the last 15 years, he has been doing this fast. What does that show me? That shows me that he has a love for Jesus. And what he does, what he's preaching, is out of his love for Jesus. And so there's that right heart, heart posture. Pastor Bojea had that right heart posture when he preached or when he teached. And this other preacher did not have the right heart posture. And you felt it. You didn't learn anything from it. Number four is ask questions. In James 1, 5 through 6, it says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, that is driven and tossed by the wind. When I was in college, I was really shy. I, I hated asking questions for three reasons. I didn't like asking questions. I had the fear of rejection, and I had the fear that the questions that I asked were stupid, <laughs> right? And so I'd never ask questions, but once I became a senior in college, I realized, wait, If I ask questions, I will actually receive more from the preaching or from the teaching than I would if I didn't. And so what am I what am I trying to say here? In this series, we're gonna do something interesting. 
after service, I'll be here with Pastor Jared and Alex and whoever of the staff is here, and you will be able to come up and ask us questions about the sermon. I don't want to hear, what did you think about the alien in Mexico? I don't want to learn, about, I don't want to be asked about that. But if you ask about the sermon, we'll try our best to answer. If we don't have a good answer, we'll research throughout the week, we'll come back and we'll try to give you an answer. How does that sound? Good. And so I want you to learn the most you possibly can. And, and that's going to happen by just asking questions, whether it's uh, why do you do fasting? How do I do fasting? I heard that fasting back then was different than now, all those different things. And so I want you to repeat this after me. Um, during this series, I will come to church. Repeat after me. Willing to learn. I will come to church prepared to change. I will come to church with the right heart. And I will come to church ready to ask questions. If you have these things in this series, you will get something out of it. You will learn and you'll be able to apply it easily. In this series, I'm going to try to simplify the spiritual disciplines to the to the extent where it's going to be so easy for you to learn. I'm not going to get all crazy with it. I'm going to keep it simple. I'm going to show you how to do it and so that you can apply it to your life, right? And that's what every preaching should be like. I, if I can make it easy enough for you to apply it to your life, then that's a win. And so what to bring for this series? I want you to bring yourself, obviously. Bring your mind, bring your spirit, and bring it in the right way. Uh, bring a friend, bring friends, right? I, I can only do so much to invite people. I'm one person. And here there's about 30-something people. If each person invites one person, that makes 60 people, right? And so please invite friends, invite family, invite strangers. I don't care. This is a series where it's going to be simple, where I'm going to try to make it as understanding as I possibly get, can. And so if it's a person that doesn't know anything about Jesus, they'll come here and they'll be able to understand the sermon. And hopefully, hopefully, that'll cause the spark so that they'll want to learn more about Jesus. And that's a win, right? But I need you. I need you to invite people. I need you to invite people. Also, bring a pen or pencil. I mean, it's a basic thing. Just bring a pen and pencil. Um, I'm weird. I like wooden pencils still. In college, everyone had the mechanical ones, but I'm left-handed, and so I would crush the lead every 10 seconds. It would just pop right off. And so I would always use wood pencils. But what, bring a pencil, bring a pen, bring something to write on, whether it's a notebook. If you don't have a notebook, the, what we pass you out in the, in the front, uh, when you come in, write on the back. Just write questions, write notes. Um, also, if you have a phone, you know, you, you make the excuse, I, well, I don't have paper, Pastor. Well, you have a phone, and phones have notes now, and now they have notepads where it, it's kind of like you're writing on paper, and so do that. So throughout the series, again, again, imagine you're a classroom. You will only get as much out of this series as you desire to get, just like a classroom. I remember I was in um, PE, and they're teaching for some reason, right? We weren't running that day. I did not want to listen to that. <laughs> I wasn't a very active guy. Why would I listen to that, right? And I didn't learn anything. 
when you come here, if you come in the mindset that I want to learn something, then you will learn something. And so please take, take notes. Take notes because I can't force you to learn more than you don't desire to want to learn. I, I can't say, Candy, uh, today you're going to learn about prayer, fasting, and apply it to your life by next week. I'm not going to do that because I can't force you to do that. I will not force you to do that. So please take notes on the teachings. There is this series. This is what's going to be most beneficial to you and your life. Because when you forget how to fast, you forget to pray, you forget how to serve, you look back at your notes and you tell yourself, wait, I have the notes for this. Now I could go back and I could redirect myself and I could get back on track. So this next section, um, I made it because a lot of people on my staff were asking me questions about the sermon. I was like, wait, well, maybe I should ask, I should answer some questions that people may have about these things. And so... Number one, why is it called a discipline, and why is it a spiritual? Dis- what is a spiritual discipline? Uh, so this this kind of discipline is not the kind where I tell you to get a switch so that I could spank you. Not not that kind of discipline, right? It's not that kind of discipline at all. The discipline that we're talking about in this series is training expected to produce a specific character or pattern of behavior. And so spiritual disciplines, you're trying to create uh, a character of being more Christ-like. Spiritual disciplines, uh, simplified, can be described as those behaviors that produce spiritual growth and enable us to grow spiritually mature. And so if you want to know what spiritual disciplines is, that's the definition for you. If you want an even simpler, uh, spiritual discipline is a behavior to produce spiritual growth. That's the simplified version if you want to write that down. Spiritual disciplines are disciplines that are only written out of the Word of God. And so I will not tell you that you have to watch football every Sunday. Why? Because it doesn't say it in the Bible. It's not a discipline then. And so if the discipline is not in the Bible, then it's not a discipline at all, right? If the Lord, if the, if Lord, the Lord didn't tell us to do it, then don't do it as a spiritual discipline. An author named Dallas Willard describes spiritual discipline as this, as an activity in our power that enables us to do what we cannot do by direct effort. And so imagine you're memorizing scripture, for instance. Your mind gradually is transforming, and then you think differently, and your values change, right? You can't do that by direct effort. You're not going to change your mind and your values right away. But if you apply spiritual disciplines to your life, you eventually will get to that point, or you gradually will get to that point. The second question is, why should I do spiritual disciplines? Isn't coming to church enough? And that's okay. That's a question that you might have, and I'm not going to judge you for that. Uh, well, I hate, it. I hate to break it to you, but no. Uh, coming to church is not enough. Uh, let's pretend I want to do a 5K. And so I show up at the YMCA, and they're practicing for a 5K. And so I show up every week, but I never do any of the training. I'm just watching them train, not going to learn myself. And so the 5K comes, and tell me, who's going to be more prepared, the person that trained or the person that didn't? The one that trained, right? And so with church, it's, it's similar. If you just show up your whole life, it does not mean that you're, di- you're being disciplined into Christ-likeness. 
And that's the scary thing about it is that me as a pastor's kid, I could go to church my whole life and not reflect or imitate Christ in any single way. So throughout this series, you really have to ask yourself, what are you doing with what God gave you? And are you wasting what God gave you in your life? Because God gave you your life in the first place. And so spiritual disciplines is simply giving back to the Lord what already is his. He put life in you, and so you apply these spiritual disciplines. You apply prayer. You apply fasting. You apply solitude. These are ways of redirecting your focus to the Lord that gave you life in the first place. And so why do spiritual disciplines? So the purpose of spiritual disciplines is the development development into becoming more Christ-like. It's going to transform everything about you. It's going to transform your feelings, your thoughts, your actions, and, and so on. And spiritual disciplines is so that we can reflect our Savior Jesus. And so if you're here today, this is my mindset. I'm going to be a little ignorant and expect that you're here today because you want something from Jesus. You want something. And so with that, if you apply these spiritual disciplines, you can get what you want from the Lord. And you can really feel a life that is, is worthy of living. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. Well, it doesn't say that the old is still here and the new has not come, right? You have to usher in that new mentality. It will not happen passively. In Philippians 2, 12 through 13, it says, Work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his purpose. What does it say? Work out your salvation. How do you work out your salvation if you're not doing anything actively to work it out? In Timothy 4, 7, which is really important to this series and why uh, spiritual disciplines is so important, it says, Discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. Discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. And so why do you do spiritual disciplines? For the purpose of godliness. In Hebrew 12, 14, it says, work at living in peace with everyone and work, a, work at living a holy life for those who are not holy will not see the Lord. And so if you're not living a life that's holy, which means to be set apart, then how are people going to know that you're following the Lord in the first place? I remember saying that I was a Christian to people in high school, and many times if I messed up, it was always, I thought you said you were a Christian, right? People are always watching, always watching. Whether you believe it or not, they're listening, they're watching your actions, they're, they're seeing your, um, how mad you get, how easy it is to get you mad. People are constantly watching. Through the spiritual disciplines, People are going to watch how you've been changed by the Lord, not how you just listen about the Lord. And so you are not saved because you come to church, and you will not see the Lord because you pursue holiness by coming to church. Rather, because you read the word, because you know God, out of that you pursue holiness, and because of your knowledge of God, you can't help but pursue God. And so what does that mean? If you read your word, you will have such a love for God that you're going to want to be different. You're going to want to be set apart. 
And how do you do that? You do that through the spiritual disciplines. And so let me simplify this a little bit for you. Spiritual disciplines are not the ends, but the means of being transformed into Christ-likeness. Because I do the disciplines does not make me saved. By doing the disciplines is gradually transforming me into Christ-likeness. It's not saying that I am Christ-like. And so, last question is, what are the different spiritual disciplines? So, spiritual disciplines can be broken into two focuses, personal and interpersonal. And so, personal disciplines comes from 1 Peter 2.12, which states, Abstain from fleshly lusts, which war against, war against the soul. And so, personal disciplines, the goal is to abstain from the satisfaction of certain desires that have turned into a source of falling into sin and giving up your normal that comes between ourselves and God. Personal spiritual disciplines are disciplines such as prayer, fasting, solitude, reading the word, and and there's many more. Now, interpersonal disciplines, on the other hand, means that they're relating or involving relationship with other people. And so personal is individual Interpersonal is with others, is if you want to write that in a simple way. Personal is an individual. Interpersonal is with others. So in interpersonal disciplines, it's a community's effort to all be drawn closer to Jesus together. And so a lot of churches do this where they all fast at a certain time. So they'll fast for 30 days or something all together. And that, the reason for that is they're pursuing something from God. And so that would be an interpersonal uh, discipline. And so why do we, why should we do interpersonal discipline? Like, why shouldn't it be just ourselves? Well, if we look at the New Testament, we see that having a relationship with God was very much less of just you as an individual, and it was more about the community around you. And so in Acts 2, 46 through 47, it says, Every day they continued to meet in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So interpersonal disciplines are disciplines such as prayer, fasting, serving, and giving. So a lot of the personal disciplines can become interpersonal disciplines by just doing it with others. And so if you look closely at leaders in the church or you look closely at people around you who claim they're Christians, usually the people that are the most authentic or the ones that you can tell have a relationship with Jesus are the ones at their very core that are doing spiritual disciplines. They're praying, they're fasting, they're serving, they're giving, they're doing something with what the Lord gave them. And so spiritual disciplines is not meant to restrict. It's not meant to burden you with more things on top of your schedule, and it's not meant to hurt you. Spiritual disciplines is meant to embellish your life, to, to beautify your life with the true life giving presence of Jesus while drawing you closer to Christ-likeness. If you're a Christian, then your focus should be more to become more like Christ. That's what it should be. It should be the natural instinct that every Christian has. And 
honestly, in today's day, it's not. It's not the natural thing that everyone has as a Christian. But we're going to, to fight for that when we learn spiritual disciplines through the series. And so, a lot of information. I know it could sound boring. Um, I know it could sound like, Aiden, that was just a lot of information. That's not how the series is going to be. This is simply the foundation for the series so that we can go into spiritual disciplines and you know exactly what it is. You understand what it is. Um, That was the point of this teaching. We're going to call it teaching. Um, And so in conclusion, we now have the foundation we need in order to dive deep into the spiritual disciplines to implement within our life and live a life of Christ-likeness. So I want you to remember, bring something to take notes. Be prepared to learn and apply the spiritual disciplines we learn to your life and be prepared to be changed from the inside out. I'm going to see you all next week when we learn about serving. And a little bit about the structure of this series is we're going to talk about what is the spiritual discipline. We're going to talk about what serving is. We're going to talk about how is it supported in the Bible, and then how can we practically apply it to our life? How can we do it? And I'm going to very much simplify it so that you understand how to do it so that the minute you go out of church, you can, you can go right to doing it. And so let's pray today. Lord, I thank you, Father, that we have the opportunity to go into this series and learn more about you, Lord that we can learn how to give back to who you are, Lord, that we can learn how to give back to you our life, Lord. I pray, Father, that throughout these weeks, Lord, that you would help my brothers and sisters to learn to apply these things to their life and that they would feel a change, that they would feel something new, that they would be drawn closer to Christ's likeness, Lord. I thank you, Father, that you're good, and thank you for another day of life. And I pray, Lord, that every brother and sister that leave here today would be reminded that we must reflect who you are, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.